Right then, hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. Uh, for those who don't know, my name is Josh Goodgen and I am the founder and owner of Get Your Media. Um, all these podcasts are recorded out of Get Your Media Studios in Leeds. The reason I started this podcast was for personal development. I wanted to speak to other business owners in the area to find out how they had managed to start their business and the pitfalls that they might have come across. You know, we're not trying to reinvent the wheel. I want to learn from other business owners and not make the same mistakes that other people have made. Uh, and in doing so, if we can create this platform, create this content for other people to be able to listen and learn from, I think it'll be a very valuable tool. So I'm excited to get it going. So we're live. All right. That's simple as that. That's uh, simple as that. <laughs> very anticlimactic. <laughs> Welcome to the studio, Brian. Well, glad to be here. Yeah, you happy? Yeah. Having yeah. a good day? Yeah, well, oh. it's nearly start. Same here. B&I? Yep. How'd you get on with it? It was all right this morning, yeah, it wasn't bad. But it's the second day on the trot that I've been up at uh, oh, yeah. five o'clock yesterday, I went over to Anglesey. Oh, I thought you were at that in, biz- in business tomorrow, no, uh, yesterday. I had to get patio doors fitted to uh, to the house over there because they were leaking water. Next to Seaside, you don't need that, <laughs> do you? Yeah, so that was, a, that was a long day trip yesterday, half five, set off, and I got back in about six-ish last night. Well, it's a long day of that, isn't it? So about 350 miles, yeah. I'll be at Anglesey in a couple of weeks. I'm at Cad- Cadwell this weekend. Track? Yeah, foot race, yeah. Yeah, that's just down the road from the house that we've got there. It's nice, I've been before. I've been on track as well. Yeah. yeah it's, it's mental. Um, but yeah, I were put up Crackadown this morning for BNR. We had all the big wigs in. All right. We had uh, Paul Campbell in. Yep. And then the mayor of, I want to say Wakefield, he came. Don't was know. it some grand opening or launch? No, nah, I, I think he just something. rocked up and wanted to get involved. They must have invited him or I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Could do that. Um, so tell us a little bit about your business. Um, it's a business yeah. podcast, so tell us. Yeah, yeah. Well, my business is, you know, essentially I'm I'm a business finance broker. Right. So what I do, my, my, my strap line is I, uh, you know, help businesses get the right finance at the right time and at the right term. So in a sense, I'm that middleman between over 250, 300 funders out there. Yeah, yeah. Um, and all these different businesses that are looking for finance for a variety of different reasons. It could be cash flow, it could be property investment, property development, or it could be the purchase of vehicles, machinery, and plants. So I just kind of try to put that square peg into the square hole. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's your business called? You it's didn't... Mighty Oak Business Finance. Now, I've just recently rebranded. Uh, I used to trade a synergy commercial right. finance. I'm still part of the Synergy network, so I still enjoy all the benefits that Synergy offer, which most importantly is the compliance model. Yeah. Um, there's a whole host of other benefits that they provide, but actually Synergy wasn't my brand. It didn't no. really say anything about me. So I've I've been going through a process and I'm probably still on the journey now of actually doing the rebrand. Who rebranded you? Um, the, the name actually came from uh, Gemma Edwards. Don't know. Who's part of in business? Right. Okay. Yeah, we were having a conversation one day, and we were just talking about a variety of different things, and and she said a lot of people were saying it's the the usual words, and not strong and stable. I wouldn't use strong and stable yeah. for obvious reasons, but she was saying you know that it, there is that stability there, there is that strength there, there's that support, uh, continuity, reliability, so on and so forth, and we just, she just came up with that name, and I couldn't get it out of my head. Um, I didn't know whether I liked it or not, but when yeah. I started running it by people, they were saying, yeah, yeah, we, we like that. Yeah. Um, so it's now a case of, yeah, that's that's my new brand. There's a lot of work gone into producing a variety of 
uh, memes, videos. I've got a whole host of things to be getting out there into the marketplace over the coming weeks and months. And loads of people to thank for that. Yeah. Because I couldn't do it myself because that's not my field. No, no. Um, yeah, it's going well. But it, it's been a really, really fascinating journey. And I've learned so much on the journey of just doing a rebrand and, and learning more and more about marketing. There's a lot of, a lot involved in it, isn't there? You know, like a lot of people overlook it. But it's first thing people say you see you know especially you know your logo your brand it's like they say don't judge a book by its cover but it is the first thing they see well i came from a corporate background yeah and you don't have any control over that you have no influence over that so actually your brand is just you as an individual yeah and that's the same even when you've got the business as well but you couldn't really put anything on social media you know any of the platforms like facebook or linkedin because there were so many compliance issues you had to to be aware of that it just wasn't worth even going into it yeah but your marketing literature any adverts that were created, they were all done by the big corporate organisations, so there was no control. That's it, you want to get creative nowadays. Yeah, and yeah. That, that's it. Yeah, and I, I just felt that even being part of Synergy, who, and I'll repeat it time and time again, is a really, really strong brand, and I wouldn't have got to where I am without Synergy providing that support. But I had no control over things like tone of voice. I had no control over any imagery, any language that was being used, and, that, and that's kind of what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. And as long as I can continue to be powered by Synergy, so they give me the access to the funders, they'll uh, negotiate commission rates and so on and so forth. I'm happy with all that. I'll just go out and grow my business. Yeah, yeah. And grow my brand and develop my brand. Which is a good reason to be here today as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I've absolutely. got a few people watching. You've got Linda, Linda St. Patrick oh, yeah. watching. And Hi, Linda. Adam Chandler from White Rose Vehicles. He's just been messaging me on Instagram. Adam, I'm seeing you this afternoon, aren't I? Oh, uh, yeah. You're going to see him, are you? They have got it in at two o'clock, I think. Ah, nice and nice yeah. idea. Yeah, she was messaging me. I've just, you've just seen car I pulled up in. I've just picked up a BMW uh, courtesy car, yeah. and it's it's minging. So I put like a little review video. <laughs> I put a little review video on me. Instagram, yeah. and he's been laughing at me about it. He says, "Do another one this afternoon, sponsored by White Rose Vehicles." I'm like, "Yeah, go on, off road on." Yeah, get one. It's a diesel as well, isn't it? But you've got. Yeah, I think yeah, it is. Yeah, oh. but it's minging. It smells like a curry house inside. It. I don't know what's going oh, on. That's a courtesy car. You'd think well, it'd be like. They tidied that up for you. Yeah, you'd think it'd be mint, wouldn't you? Like, well, first impressions and all that, you turned up at whatever. We won't mention the dealership, I won't. Anyway. Yeah, I will. Stratstone. Yeah, we went Stratstone. <laughs> you a courtesy car. You'd expect the courtesy car to be spotless. Yeah. And it's gone back in because I've complained to him. So, yeah. Not good. Boo to you, Stratstone. Anyway, moving on. Oh, yeah. See you at two. That's right. Adam said so. Yeah. Um, talk to me about sort of business finance then. Like, what what companies are out there? Like, what, what companies are your like ideal sort of prospect, prospect clients, as it were? Because. It's not something I've ever looked into until I've spoken no. to you. And then now all I can think about is what could I do if I had a, yeah. a cash injection? You know, like what are yeah. the possibilities? Well, I think the thing with finance is, it, I mean, it's, it, it's, in isolation, it's really difficult to make finance sound interesting. It's the end result. It's what you will get out yeah. of taking finance. So I, I break it into three separate areas. So obviously I say right finance, right time, right place. So when I'm looking at my customer base... Um, I'll break that down between what I would call trading businesses, so non-property orientated, so just yeah. trading businesses, could be retail, could be manufacturing. Um, then I'd look at property investors, better known as landlords. Yeah. So they would want buy-to-let properties. And then the third one would be house builders or property developers where they'll buy a plot of land or they'll buy an old property, refurb it, sell it on or add it to their existing portfolio. So there's hundreds and hundreds of solutions out there split between cash flow lending. There's yep. a variety of solutions in there. There's a host of different property solutions. So buy-to-let mortgages, bridging finance, 
commercial mortgages, development finance, so on and so forth. So you do all that as well? Do all of that as well, yeah. Ah. And then finally, you've got asset finance, which is what would people would, would utilise to purchase a vehicle, piece of machinery and plant. Camera yeah, equipment. Yeah, camera equipment, yeah. you know, some of the gear that you've Studio got equipment, here. equipment, yeah, yeah. Um, so that in itself sounds, oh, yeah, yeah, great. But no one's actually going to take out... Um, I wouldn't expect anybody to take out a loan unless they're going to get a return on investment. Yeah, of course, yeah. So to turn it on its head and try and make it a little bit sexy, and I often say to people, if I had 10 grand in my bag, 50 grand, 100 grand, whatever the amount is, and you can have that, conditional upon the fact that you've got to spend it on your business, whatever your business might be, yeah. and you've got to convince me that you're going to get a return on your expenditure, would you take the money? And everyone always says, yeah, I'd take the money because they know they invest it wisely into the business. It's going to help their business grow and it's going to create a lifestyle for them. And for other people that might be employees, it's going to create a great lifestyle for people. Yeah. But they've got to get, they've got to put the money into the business. The difficult part is when then you then say to them, well, obviously I can't give it to you, but you'd have to borrow it. Yeah. And that's where the risk element comes in. Yeah. And I get why people sometimes say, well, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to. So, it's up to me really to just kind of not coerce, not push anybody into a corner is that, oh, you should take this. That's not my job at all. No. But if people want to, people want to gain something in the business, whatever it might be, it might be fancy equipment. It might be the best fleet of vehicles. Yep. They'll be the, they'll be the envy of their competitors. Um, it might be the one to win a new contract, but they just haven't got the cash to go out and invest into that contract. Uh, it could be that, you know, ultimately, yeah, they, they, they dream of this fantastic house and all these family holidays, but the business needs to be successful to support that. But it's where where does the success come from? There's a whole host of factors that will influence and determine success. Yeah, Money is just one of them. But a harsh reality in life is that the world does revolve around credit. Of course it does, yeah. I mean, is it your responsibility then to almost like, sift through the people and, and see is it justifiable like almost look at a business plan like and say like, I want to borrow 50 grand off you you're going to say you're going to sit there and go through and say like where do you see the profit coming from from this investment are you going to make your payments plus a profit to keep it going do you go through that with them or? Uh, there are certain customers that do yeah. and I, I get introduced to a lot of businesses out there where they actually want me to take that almost like be a financial consultant yeah. whereby I'm going to do a full drains up on what they've what they've already got or or not got where yeah. it is that they're going to go and how we can help them to get there. And then there's some others, which is just really quite specific. I want X thousand pounds for this. Yeah, yeah. And that is a pretty straightforward application. The, the, the skill to it is knowing what to say to the funders. Right. And how to present it to the funders. Yeah, because, I mean, they'll, they'll probably want a lot of evidence, won't they? For, will they want a lot of evidence or is it... Well, it, it's changing. Right. You know, the the... the those funders out there that you'll get the cheapest deals with are going to want more and more information because it's a risk business, isn't it? Yeah. And they don't want to lose the money. And then there's others that are trying to attract a different type of customer, one that we wouldn't call a vanilla type customer. There might have been a few issues in the background. It just doesn't meet the bank's criteria. Yeah. And we work with banks as well. Um, so therefore, they'll probably charge a higher rate, but actually they won't go into the same detail when it comes to assessing the risk. They'll still assess it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, it, but the key is just presenting it in the right fashion. But if I'm sat down with somebody, and I do want to work on a face-to-face basis, if I'm sat down with somebody and I don't think it's the right thing for them to do, um, I'll tell them. Yeah. Because there's no point sometimes throwing good money after bad. 
Um, you know, you've, ideally we want to be working with businesses that are in growth mode, yeah, rather than survival mode. Uh, working with businesses that ideally understand their numbers, and that's a challenge. Yeah. Because we learn on Friday, not everyone understands the nah. numbers. So I see that's I've part, been there. <laughs> well, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. there. But I see that's part of the education process. Yeah, you know, people should know the numbers, and they don't. You know, and uh, and that's not me being critical. You know, I'm not being judgmental about it. But you know, if I can help them understand what the numbers mean, you know, we learned a lot at the EVA on Friday, yeah. didn't we, about it? You know, all the better because ultimately, I just want people to be successful. But you know, perhaps not the best analogy in the world. But if you're surfing through Sky TV and you can't find something decent to watch, or you miss something, or you, you end up watching the wrong channel, it's no big deal, is it? But if you're trying to get finance into your business and you make the wrong choice, yeah, that could be a massive problem moving forward. So the key is to be getting making the right choice. And it's only by working with the market, having access to the funders I've got, yeah. experience working with these funders, that you can actually determine which is the best choice for people. It's funny you said about people not knowing the numbers, and like, how often do you see it where you come across businesses that don't know that, like the, the numbers? Oh, it's a daily occurrence. I mean, I'm not like judging anybody because I've been there. Like, as daft as it is, you, you, you know, you start you start your business, you start your company, you wear all the hats, and I never even, and to be honest. Probably about six months, I never even looked at the numbers. I, I, there were money coming in, money going out. I knew I were in profit. I didn't really know how much profit I were in. Didn't really talk much to my accountant. I was just like, just going through it until obviously shit is the fan. Then you go, oh yeah, I need to look at these numbers. And then you realise your margins aren't as big as the, you thought they were. You're paying out for, for shit you don't need, like all sorts of subscriptions left, right and centre. And I'm going, oh, that's bad this. And then I met you, what, a few months ago now. And obviously you sort of went through a bit of finance with me and scrutinised your, you sort of like give me an example of some books and really scrutinise it to the to pretty much to the pound and penny, and I'd never done that until probably about two months ago, and I looked at it and I was like, oh, this isn't good, this. And then I scrutinised it, made a load of cuts, but stuff that I don't need, and actually got myself into a position where I do know now I know what my margins are, I know what's going out, what's coming in, and now I can actually do a cash flow forecast. Which, but I, after been this long in business and I've not done no, it, I don't look, you're not alone, and I, and, I, and I wouldn't be too hard on yourself. Um, I think one of the biggest problems a lot of business owners have, particularly when they start out, is they're very, very revenue or turnover driven. Yeah. How much is actually coming into the business? And I understand the importance of that, and it is it's critical they do that. However, you really should start from base up. So, what do you need to live? Yeah, yeah. To meet all of your personal liabilities and to afford yourself the lifestyle that you want. Whether it be, you know, I want to go to the gym three times a week, so I need gym membership. I want this type of car, so I need to be paying for a car. Do you know what your bottom line is, what your rent is, what your mortgage is? So I need this X amount in. Yeah. It then shouldn't be too difficult to look at the costs attached to your business. How much is my rent for my business premises? How much are the rates for my business premises? You know, all a whole host of things. If I employ people, what are their wages? So on and so forth. So that'll give you a list of, of numbers. You add all of them up and then you get into another number. You're thinking, well, actually, just to be able to afford all of that and to pay myself that, I need to be getting this amount of money in. Yeah. So you've worked from bottom up as opposed to top up. And a great example of that is, you know, I've got, um, I've worked with businesses. I've got one that I worked with last year, four and a half million pound revenue business, but it was making a 450,000 pound loss. Yeah, another business was turning over £150,000 and was making a £60,000 bottom line profit. Yeah, yeah. Which business would you prefer? Exactly, yeah. It's the old saying, turnovers for vanity. 
Ten overs of vanity. Ten overs of vanity. Profits yeah. for sanity. Profits sanity. Cash is king. Cash is king. I would. I'd take it a little bit further. I actually think cash is god. Oh, nice. I do. <laughs> I think cash is god. I've seen too many businesses throughout thirty year career making a profit, but they've run out of cash. Yeah. And they just tipple over the tip over the edge. That's really difficult to understand because it doesn't really make sense. That does it? Like, if when you say it out like that, that. You're making a profit, but then you run out of cash. Because you've invoiced something, yeah. it shows on your profit and loss account, and you've invoiced a thousand quid, yeah. right? Uh, and that will show. And then you've got your expenses. Let's say your expenses are a hundred quid, so therefore you're making a nine hundred pound profit. Yeah. Nobody's paid you that thousand quid yet, because you've given terms of credit of thirty days, sixty, ninety days for that thousand quid. Yeah. And then what happens is that person that owes you the thousand quid for maybe through no fault of their own, they go under because somebody owes them money and they just haven't got the cash to pay you. So yeah, it's profit, but you haven't got the cash in. If yeah. you haven't got the cash, where do you go? It's, See, a prob- it's a problem. That's something that never got explained to me. I've never, I'd never heard that until it happened where our biggest client went bust, literally gone. Yeah. And they owed us thousands. And, and again, cash, we needed the cash. What's going in, what's coming out, and you just sat there going, oh, yeah. no. And there are potential solutions out there for, for that type of scenario, which, you know, today isn't even kind of forum for that, but there are potential solutions out there. And, you know, all I really ask of anybody is, look, just introduce me to somebody that you know that wants to grow the business. I'm not there to to, to sell them anything, but if I can help them on that journey, yeah, you know, it's no different to, you know, we're all business owners, we all face the same challenges. Everyone has cash challenges from time to time. Everybody wants to market the business. Yeah. Everybody wants a nice vehicle to get from customer A to customer B, wherever it might be they're going. Everyone wants a great telecommunications system. You know, we're all after the same things, yeah. which is ultimately a great lifestyle and a profitable business. But you have to you have to engage with the right people that can help you along that journey. And finance, and I'll just repeat, finance is just one of those uh, those parts of that journey. Yeah. We've got a comment in from Emily Wilkinson. Oh, yeah. She's put, uh, good morning, gentlemen. Uh, she said, your member spotlight was absolutely fantastic at the EBA on Friday. Oh, yeah. uh, what a genuine and knowledgeable man. Thanks for sharing with us, Brian. Oh, oh you're welcome. It was a good spotlight. I should have put some more music on, shouldn't I? A bit of Led Zeppelin it was on, uh, it were good. on, on uh, Friday. I thought you were going to start doing a, putting a song on for us. No. Doing a <laughs> no, turn, no. as they say. No, 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 no. <laughs> it was to do something a, a little bit different. Um, you know, I'm a traditionalist. I've, I've been working for God knows how many years, over 30 years, brought up in a corporate environment. And yeah, I was a bit of a maverick from time to time when I, time to time when I was at work, but I wasn't a disruptor. And you kind of go with the flow yeah. a lot of the time. Going out in business, it's like, well, how do you separate yourself? How do you make yourself look different? Yeah. You know, how do you come across differently? And you've got to do different things. You do. You can't be seen to be in, in with the crowd. And as long as you... What you're doing is morally okay. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing illegal about it. And you're just being a little bit disruptive, which is what I like about you because you're quite disruptive and you'll say things to me that I just think, shit, <laughs> why have you just, why have you said that? And I'm not going to name institutions, but you, we were talking about one the other week. And said, well, why does it even exist? Let's do it a different way. Yeah, yeah. That We do it a different way. It doesn't need to be like that anymore. And I kind of dwelt on it and I thought, you know what? Yeah, you, you actually had a point. Yeah. And I think in my marketplace... Yeah, you have. And there's a guy. There's a guy out there. And Paul basically mentioned him the other week, and I've got no issues with mentioning him again today. A guy called Matt Haycock, called the and he's called the Funding Guru. Oh yes, yeah. spot yeah, yeah. on brand. 
absolutely spot on brand you know and matt if you're watching this or you ever see this you know i'm quite envious i'd have loved that brand yeah it's absolutely fantastic but he's been out there and he's been quite disruptive he's got a large following um and he's doing something a little bit different and i don't want to emulate him no because i've got a different marketplace that i want to attract and different people i want to work with but notwithstanding that there's a lot I've taken from what he's doing because yeah. he's doing a good job at what he's doing. I thought, well, yeah, I'll start being a little bit disruptive. It's funny, I mean, I mean, like, obviously, I, I do, I do say it. Like, if you're doing what everyone else is doing, you're doing it wrong. Because if it hasn't worked for them, it won't, it's not going to work for you, is it? You know, like, everyone can make the videos in the cars. Everyone can do this. Everyone that that institution that we were talking about. It's just one of those things that we've always done it this way. It's been there forever. We've always done it this way, and it's like it's not working. It's not worked for years. So just like start again or you know pave your own way you know that we can't really say which which what it is we're talking about well, i mean it, it, you know on a, on a more basic level if i give an example i put a post out last night didn't i on the eba page yeah. um, and it was a picture of me one of these silly images that you get off is it snapchat or something yeah yeah snapchat. Now, I, wait, wait. I i i heard about snapchat <laughs> but i only joined it at the weekend because the grandkids were around with the mum and dad and just as a, as an illustration I keep in touch with my grandkids either via Facebook Messenger or a text message. Yep. And I can wait bloody days for them to come <laughs> back to me. Snapchat, and they're straight onto it. Yeah, and yeah. they're responding to me. So I'm not going to use it for business, no. but I'm doing something a little bit different. So I'm not doing, I've always sent you a text, I've always sent you a messenger. So I'm going to continue doing that. Because yeah. they're not tuning into that. They're tuning into Snapchat and responding straight away yeah. or at an appropriate time. And actually, it's quite humorous as well because you can do all these voice changes and stuff yeah. like that. So for me, oh, that one application, you know how cynical I am of applications, yeah, yeah. just that one app, the kind of, it, it's it's created a far better environment of communication with my grandkids than what existed this time yeah. last week. Well, you've stepped into their world, haven't you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, like You've took yeah. the time to step into their world and they're like, I think the granddad's ace because now they're on, on it might on, be Instagram next who knows <laughs> it's wherever you're but yeah. like from a business standpoint it's wherever your audience is and what you can do to go into the, the other people's world and sort of disrupt make a little bit of noise and it's not in like a disrespectful way but just doing stuff that's a bit different you know there's a time and a place for all these yeah. like different types of media video vlogs live streams there's a time and a place but they've all got to be done sort of right and sort of yeah. independently so that you do stand out because you don't want to be making the same live video that everyone else does that goes on for weeks and weeks. You don't want to be making the same boring podcast. You know, there's ways and means to do each one, and that's where it starts to get a little bit more technical. But as long as you're doing something a bit different, like if your competition didn't do it, it's not doing it. And I'll tell you the best example of it, and I know nobody likes talking about the B word, and I'm not going to get political, Brexit. Oh, Brexit, yeah, I'm, gonna I'm not going to get political because it doesn't really, I'm not bothered about which side of the fence anybody sat on, yeah. which way they actually voted. But if you actually look at campaign leave or leave campaign yeah. the way they used social media in those final weeks to get through to an electorate to actually get a message across to them whether the message was r true right wrong whatever it's, it's irrelevant they actually got through to people yeah people tuned into it. i think there's about three billion messages that went out there yeah of different sorts and and actually look what happened and there was the um yeah, I think it's been proven. There was a documentary on about... Well, it wasn't a documentary. It was a kind of uh, dramatisation. And it was... Uh, what's his name? Cumberbatch played... Um, uh, Cumberbatch, the... Yeah, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. He, he played uh, Dominic Cummings, who was the architect of this. Right. And it was all about using social media and getting into people's heads. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, really, really powerful. 
yeah, you know, and at the same time, you know, I'll still turn around now and say, oh, I'm not sure about Facebook ads. Oh, I'm really not yeah. sure. So actually, it's just me that's not sure. Yeah. And as I'm on this journey, I'm beginning to realise bit by bit, well, actually, it doesn't really matter what I think. No. It's actually what the people out there are thinking. So yeah. I've got to tune into what people are thinking out there. And as I did with my grandkids, and you've, as you've just mentioned, get into their world. Yeah. So how do I get into their world? It, I mean, it proves it works. I mean, like, Brexit's a good example of it. And you can, you can make some... Makes them a lot, a lot of noise using Facebook and using all these social media platforms for right or wrong reasons. You know, like Brexit is a prime example where they spouted one thing and then another thing actually happened, and now we're in this hole. But it sort of yeah. is what it is, you know. And it's same for business. Like any any business owner's got the opportunity to, to put themselves on a platform, but you're out there to be judged as well. That's the scary part about social media, which a lot of people don't think about. Like when you do start creating this content, this can yeah. come back and bite your ass as well. So you've got to be clever. You've got to think few steps ahead of the game with what you're creating it's not just a case of off the cuff doing it because it will come back and bite you if you get something wrong it's out there isn't it yeah, yeah this is live do you know what I mean one, one slip up it could, end, it could end your career Yeah, depending on what you say and your views especially like if you were corporate you probably have some some guidelines that you've got to sort of stick to and what you can and can't say yeah. politically whatever so you've got to be careful but as well, as well you've got to be yourself so like I all my content I've I try to be myself and there's some stuff that I'd say that are a little bit more controversial, but it's never going to get me yeah. in hot water. And some stuff I'll just steer straight away from, like I don't want to get yeah. involved. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the biggest area for us in the financial world, financial services, will always be compliance and this, yeah. this wonderful thing, GDPR. And I know GDPR applies to absolutely everyone, but you will never, ever find me um, discussing a company name no. with anybody. I just I just won't do it. No. Uh, because Unless they give me permission. To do it, and some people are quite happy for you to to promote them. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I choose to steer away from that and just use examples of things that have done that have actually helped the business and how it's helped them. Uh, so yeah, you're right. You've, you've you've got to be careful in that. And, and the more and more I think about it, this is why I'm a huge believer in if you're gonna if you're gonna invest time into doing marketing and social media activity, you know it is a skill set. Yeah. How do you get through to the right people? And it's taken me a while to to get to the place where I'm thinking, well, actually, there's one thing having a strategy, but then you've got to have the people that know how to do it. Yeah, who can implement it. Yeah, that's yeah. the key. I mean, that's why I, um, when I started BNI, I had a video production seat. Yeah. Obviously, like, videos behind everything that we do, you know, professional video production. But, like, the distribution's more important than the video. You know, like, that's just one little small part of where's it going to go, who's your yeah. ideal customer, how we're going to get to them. Like, it's it's like business 101, isn't it? It's like... What, which, what are your good customers now? Which ones are your bad ones? Mm. You want more of your good ones? Right, let's really niche down and find out what makes yeah. them the best and let's just target them. And if, if they don't fit in your category, they're not your, they're not yeah. your customer, which yeah. a lot of people try to be all things to all people. I tried to do it. I think everybody does when they start out in business and it's very, very difficult to define who your audience is at day one. Yeah. And, you know, B&I isn't necessarily everyone's cup of tea, but actually what B&I is quite good at is it does actually help you to become specific and say, I'm targeting this business, yeah. and this is the reason I'm targeting that business. And I'm I'm a bit anal about it as well. I keep records of every business that I've worked with. I look at what the, the income was, whether it be fee income, where the, the biggest margins are, um, and I know what businesses I'm likely to be able to help. Yeah. And that's what, you, that's what you've actually got to focus on. Yeah, I mean, same for me. Like, recently we've just put out a showreel, and it's all basically... Yeah. sports or motorsports that's it yeah. and there's a reason for that because yeah we, we've done the, we've done the 
we can do the corporate stuff, like really corporate stuff, and we've yeah. got jobs still lined up. But that's not that's not what we enjoy doing as much. It's not as lucrative. So we've just sort of made this show real. It's really sports-based. It's really motorsports-based, and we'll stay in them lanes for a bit because it's working for us. And once you do niche down, it makes life a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then obviously the vlogging and the uh, sort of consulting that we do, that's another, another side of it. I just think one of the biggest challenges for a lot of small businesses, and uh, we've had this debate, you know, separately is you know there's so many things you need to spend money on to grow your business yeah and you know marketing the social media strategy is just one of those things and a lot of businesses just don't have that spare cash that to do it and that's a a real challenge and it's you know there will always be some that will take the leap of faith yep and there'll others there'll always be others that are somewhat more risk averse and i think it's just Taking time out and sitting down with marketing people and understanding what actually is on offer, yeah, what is available, and you know, Facebook ads might be the right thing for people. You know, Paul Beardsley put something on uh, Facebook the other day about Facebook Boost. Yes, yeah, that was called. Yeah, so it just goes to show my kind of ignorance yeah, around boosting it. Posts, yeah. and people are just boosting it. Yeah, and I've done it myself. I boosted something. It only cost me about eight or nine quid. Something yeah. about three months ago. And I put it down in the local area. Of, I think it was a 30-mile geographical radius of Leeds. Yet the people that were looking at it were outside of the country. I don't know how that worked. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. and it was like, I've got something wrong here. I'm not yeah. doing this properly. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing here. But it, again, people need to remember that Facebook's a business. Yeah. That, this is the funny thing, right, about Facebook and sort of like click funnels and all these massive corporate companies now. Just try following Facebook. Oh, yeah, you've had this conversation, haven't you, before you can. If you're listening, right, just, just try find a number for Facebook and give them a call. Biggest business in the world. There's a big button there that says boost here, you know, get into your ads manager, start running ads. When them ads stop working, try give them a ring. There's no one there. So you can start, before you know it, and you can lose money like that. You can literally put thousands into Facebook ads and it's gone straight away. Like you could make one mistake and it's all gone. And I know people that have spent literally thousands boosting posts and they've not had a pixel installed on the website, which sort of tracks the conversions. Yeah. Nothing like that. They're just sort of hitting and hoping with this money. And it's just like, oh, but God. nothing's changed. I mean, if, for anyone who thinks the world has changed, they haven't read history because this has happened in the past. It was just a different platform. Yeah. So probably not your area. You're probably too old, or too young for this, but Yellow Pages. Yeah. So people would invest a fortune in Yellow Pages and it used to be about that thick. Yeah. And I think they stopped it now. But the last time it was about that thick. People weren't advertising it anymore. People would advertise in, in local rags and stuff like that, yeah. newspapers, and spend an absolute fortune. And they'll employ marketing agencies. It's happened. We keep we hear about it yeah, time and time again. But I mean, the platforms are like marketing is always going to be there, yeah. and digital marketing is the is obviously the latest form. And it's all, like there's always going to be these platforms available to to advertise on. Um, but they are changing constantly. Like Facebook isn't always the answer, you know. Like LinkedIn at the minute has got such good organic reach that if you're not creating some sort of content, pictures, videos, just to put on LinkedIn, like that organic reach is like what Facebook was I don't know, seven years ago. Yeah. Um, but you should have your finger in all the pies. So you should have a Twitter. You should have Twitter. You should have Instagram. You should have LinkedIn, Snapchat, Facebook. Because once Facebook drops off, has been the kingpin. Yeah. Instagram's going to take over, and then when Instagram drops off, it might be LinkedIn. So you need to be able to you need to be established on each one, but you know, going hard on Facebook and just sort of just sitting on the fence with the other ones, just maintaining a presence. Because then once Facebook yeah. dies, boom, you're on it. But if you can watch the market and watch the trends, which is why you should speak to sort of experts, then you know when to jump ship. 
and when to start going investing in that. Yeah. Same for podcasting. Podcasting is the new radio. People haven't caught on to it yet. It's still so new. But the price, so as an example price, for, for, to go on a radio show, on the on the breakfast show, and have your little 30-second jingle or 20-second jingle, costs about two grand a month, you know, on the breakfast, like prime time. But that noise just goes into the back of all the other jingly noises in between the presenter yeah. presenting. You, you sort of, it sort of like sinks in, but you never really think much of it. You can't, you can't ever see that return investment in the sense that you can never track that conversion. So if somebody phones you up, you never, they're not, not often they're going to ask, oh, did you listen to this on radio? Is that why you called us? Never ask that. They're, just, they're a customer. So you don't, you can't track it. Podcasting, when you advertise on podcast, it's so cheap. So like you can, you know, ads, you can run ads on, on I mean, like the leading out the podcast out of, out of this studio. I think their ads probably start four or 500 quid a month, mm. something like that. But their, their average viewers, like on the stream on a Tuesday night, they're getting three or 4,000 people in leads watching yeah. so their their um sponsors they've got like sandal uh sandal auto the car dealership they've got the terrace which sell um leeds united merchandise you know like yeah. and then they've got uh social maze who do like social media handling so they've got this ad space in front of four thousand five thousand people in that in that live stream and they're getting readouts from the presenter so then the present there's a trust between the audience and the presenter so if I if I endorse a product, it's a lot stronger than just your jingle from some. Call. So essentially, it's like a radio program. Yeah, but it's on. The, but it's free. It's free on the on the internet. The internet. But that ad space, you can earn a revenue from it, because the presenter would then be reading out saying, you know, visit Sandal Auto uh, just off Junction Forty One, but it's coming from me, and the audience trust me, rather than just you know, like a voice actor, a voiceover actor. So that, yeah. that rapport's built with the audience. So they're thinking, well, we'll check it out. And if the presenters and this podcast have got integrity and they're actually only taking on sponsors that they do believe yeah. in, then they will get sales. And then you can also add um, voucher codes and stuff. So we've got, so I've got an MMA podcast, which is really successful. It's been picked up by Proper Sport. We get thousands of views. One of our sponsors is um, The Power of Me, which is the, them supplements just there. So we've got um, a supplement code. So like we use their supplements, the best in Leeds, local company. And if somebody wants to buy that product, they get 20% off using All Stars 20 code. And then they can track that. So what if it's cost X amount to invest in, in into yeah. into advertising, but we've seen a return because of this voucher code, it's all day long, isn't it? They're going to keep sponsoring you. I suppose the thing is, though, how do you find the right podcast to listen to? Because, you know, it is, there's a lot more traffic now, isn't there? A lot more people want to pop their own podcast channels, so on and so forth. Yeah. Whereas invariably people just do tend to tune into a ra- one or two radio stations, don't they? Yeah. When they're driving to work, when they're coming back from work, probably not on the bus, you know, not playing it on the, listening to the radio on the bus. Whereas a podcast, you know, I wouldn't know where to start, to be honest with you. Whose podcast am I going to listen to? Yeah. Yeah, there'll be some, you know, there'll be, there'll be business coaches, there might be some financial ones that I'm interested in. Um, the Anfield Rap. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll listen to that. Yeah, but as a general rule, apart from that, I wouldn't really know. So, how do you actually get the? So, if I want to do a podcast, for example, my own podcast, how do I start getting that out there? I think it's easy to do the podcast because yeah. there's applications out there, but to get it out there, you, I mean, for yourself, like if you created one and you niched it, stayed in your, stayed in your lane, stayed in your niche, there is always an audience for you. You've yeah. got to then go find them. So, I mean, like you hear Craig talking about fishing in the right ponds and stuff yeah. like that. Once you know what your your audience is, then you start sharing it 
and you incentivize the audience to share it as well for whatever reason. Um, but also building up your personal brand, people will want to listen to it. Mm. So by, by doing stuff like this and putting snippets out on Facebook, on LinkedIn, people are like, I'll check that out. That's all I did. You know, like mm. I start, I created a podcast, the business, like people don't know that I'm doing, that I do the entertainment one, which is really successful. Yeah. Um, so that audience don't care about this business podcast and the business the audience don't care about the mixed martial arts one. So they've got their own markets, their own niches. Yeah. Um, so like, again, I, I leverage networks. So I went, right, I've got a studio, I've built my studio, I'm gonna start getting guests on. What guests, because mine's quite generic, it's it's about business and trying to help people in business. I need a, a bunch of different, I need accounts, I need finance, I need marketing, you know, I need all these different people. So I, second guest I had, Craig Wilkinson. Yeah. Oh, what do you do, Craig? Oh, I run a massive networking organization of like three and a half thousand people. Oh, do you wanna be a guest? Yeah, go on then. So boom, in front of three and a half thousand people going, who's this guy? Studio looks nice. Oh, what's getting your media? Why is that on? Oh, I'll just check them it out. It's actually, I'm quite impressed with the studio. Thanks. Yeah, I am. It's, uh, it's bigger than I thought. Don't do, everything, don't do everything by, don't do all by halves, you know what I mean? Like, I literally, this was a bit of a passion project. You know, yeah. it was never intended, I was never intending to rent it out. It was only because the Leeds United podcast approached me because Radio Yorkshire got shut down that I actually started doing it. And then I thought, you know what? It can, it can, you know, wipe its own ass this. It can make some money. Um, but like getting people like yourself in, I've now created a platform where you can yeah. sell yourself to my audience so people can get to know a bit more about you. But in turn, your network now knows about me. Yeah. So it's like mutually beneficial. It doesn't cost you hope to come in. Only, only our time yeah. sat here chatting. And you know, it's same for you. Like if you did a finance one and got other people in the finance industry to come in and discuss topics and industry yeah. trends, it only has to be like 15, 20 minutes an episode. But then you become an authority. So when you walk into a networking event and you say, right, I'm Brian from Mighty Oak. Um, if you want more information, just jump on YouTube and you know, yeah. watch one of my videos or get on you know, Apple Podcasts and, li and listen. You're way above your competition because they're not doing it. And it's-, it's Well, it's interesting because I've actually got some, um, I've actually got some professionals from actual funders yeah. lined up to have interviews with them throughout the course of this year. Yeah. So obviously they want to promote their business as well, don't they? Exactly. Um, so, you know, I've got somebody uh, from the invoice finance world, uh, somebody from bridging finance yeah. and another cash flow lender. That is going to be a simple 10, 15 minute interview, just really them telling people what it is they do. And if there's any intricacies, because yeah. there's so many funders out there, you know, it's really, some of it can be quite complicated, but I always just say to people, keep it really, really simple. You just need to understand the fundamentals of this type of solution. Yeah. That's all they're after. And, you know, then you get that audience. If they've got any Q&As, they can either go to you, they can come to me. Yeah. So that's all been lined up for H2. There you go. I might be renting this studio. <laughs> that's, there you go. It's there. It's an option. And it's so powerful. Like, when you've got them 15-minute them interviews, and you can take that 15-minute interview and take two-minute snippets out and upload that as part of your content yeah. strategy, you know, there might be one segment, boom, get it out there. Yeah. And then there might be some, you might be talking about something else, boom, get that out there. Before you know it, like an hour, an hour's interview that we've got, oh, yeah, this could this could feed my content for my strategy yeah. for two weeks. We'd put little snippets out. Like this is, we're talking about the benefits of podcasting and becoming a, a key person of influence. Above all your competition, they're going to go to you. And I do think, Josh, that's one of the things when you go into business, I, I worked very closely with, and still do work very closely with Gary King, who is my mentor of Tendo. And Gary will say, and he's absolutely right for saying it, most of us that go into business, particularly if we've been 
working for another organization for a period of time we go in as practitioners we know yep. what it is mm -hmm. that we do so you know how to make videos yep. paul knows how to do um his facebook ads yep. and other social media things we got uh, Harry uh, knows is an image consultant. Yep. She knows all, all all of that. But when it actually comes to running a business, as we highlighted earlier on, there's so many other things that you don't know. Yep. So the numbers side of it for me is dead easy. Yeah, That's yeah. just a piece of piss. I don't even think about it. Do, 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 do. I, know exactly, I know exactly yeah. where I am. The marketing, well, I'll be all right. I'll be able to sort the marketing out. And even my wife will say to me, you don't need anybody to do that. The business is successful without it. But actually, nothing stands still. So, you know, my mindset's going, I've got to do more marketing, I've got to do more marketing. I'll test the water myself, see how it goes, try and build up a brand. And a couple yeah. of people have come up to me and said, you actually are quite prominent on social media yep. over and above your competition. And I'm just scratching the surface. Yep. And I've not really had any professional input to assist me. So I'm just a huge advocate of whatever area it is in business that you are not the specialist in, yep. outsource it. Or pay for somebody to help you employ somebody I agree if you need to yeah. because you know I've been to presentations and I've seen a lot on yeah, marketing yeah I get it I get it I get it and I walk out and I just think not in a month of Sundays am I effing going to do that because I not that I haven't got the inclination I have I just really haven't got the knowledge to do that correctly so therefore I need to find somebody that's going to do that for it's me. It's really overwhelming. I mean, you know, you'll know yourself. It's really oh, yeah. overwhelming. Like, to, if you when you sit back and say, right, and it, somebody says to you, you need to make these videos, you need to do blog posts, you need to do SEO, you need to get your website on tap, and it's like, oh my, God, where do I even start? And it is, you know, but it's same for me with finance. Like, I'm not, I'm not an expert in finance, and that's why I outsource it to my accountant. You know, for bookkeeping. Yeah, absolutely. I I know how much I earn per hour for, yeah. for what I do, and I know how much I pay for my accounting. So if I'm wasting two or three hours, whatever, on accounting, when I could be earning more money doing my practice practical job, because that's the, that's the e myth, isn't it? Well, again, that's yeah, and and that's you know, Gary King tell, tells a great story that he was up at one, two o'clock in the morning doing his expenses for his year end accounts. What the FNL was he doing that for? And he realised it, and that's why he works very closely with his accountant, and his accountant does everything for him. Yep, and that's how it should be. Sadly, there's too many of us that just don't do that. We still kind of want that control. Yeah, yeah. And actually all we're doing is getting ourselves stressed out, doing stuff that we're not experts at. Um, but I, I also acknowledge people haven't always got the cash to pay. But, yeah, yeah. But there's lots of business communities out there now, aren't there? Online membership uh, organisations that you can join where you've got a raft of professional people. And you know what? What I've learned over the past three years from going self-employed, to a point, people will help you because they want you to be successful. Yeah. The, the, eventually you reach a stage where you can only give so much away. You yeah. know, There's got to be a price attached to it. People have to pay. But I'm yet to come across anybody that doesn't want to volunteer any assistance, advice, or point you in the right direction with no fee or no commitment attached yeah. to it at all. You know, if somebody wants to feel front for me, uh, for advice, you know, it's kind of, well, you're probably not really the right person for me to be working with. The new rule of thumb now is that the, the information the information is sort of free. It's not, you can find anything you want on a Google search. You pay for the implementation. So anything that I tell yeah. you, anything that Paul Beardsley will tell you, anything yeah. that Gary King will tell you, I, I've just we just met friends on Facebook this morning that Gary King sent me a friend request. Right. I don't actually know what, I have no idea what he does. Or I just saw his post on that <laughs> business squad or business club, whatever it was. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, all that information is like, it's free, it's out there. You pay for the implementation, you know, or you can try and implement it yourself, but then that's when it starts getting unstuck. You know, you, finance, you know, yeah. I can find all I want on finance. Oh, yeah. And, and I'm I'm still good to somebody yeah. to get And I'm doing a series of videos coming up very shortly. I've been procrastinating about this for ages though. Um, and it is just top tips. Yeah. Simple things that any business owner should be doing. We spoke about this, didn't we? I think of it. As a bet, just look, everyone should be doing the following, which is you should get your credit report from Experian. Um, there's a whole host, there's Noddle out there. There's, there's a number of them, uh, where some of them free. And look at your credit score. It'll tell you what your liabilities are, what you're paying each month, what your payment history is like. It will tell you whether all the details about you are correct or not. I had um, I look at mine monthly, if not fortnightly. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and the reason I do that is I once found an entry on my credit file that was incorrect. There was an address noted against my name that had nothing to do with me. I'd never lived there. So I didn't know whether that was fraudulent or not. I don't right. know how it got on there, but I was able to take action. So this isn't looking at your credit file just to say, oh, I want to get finance. I need to know what my credit file looks like. But bear in mind, every funder will want to see your credit file yeah. and they'll do searches. But you've got to give the consent for them to do searches. But you need to know yourself anyway because, you know, ah, I, want to, I want to know where I am. How much have I got outstanding on this? How much have I got outstanding? What's my actual credit score? But perhaps most importantly, is all the information here correct? Because if it ain't correct, there's a problem, and you need to get it corrected. Yeah, and that's one of the that's one of the top tips I I, I give to people. Because I always ask people when we go for the finance and a search gets done on you, whether you like it or not, a search is going to get done. Yeah, I don't have any control over that. A search will get done. Is there anything that's going to crop up on your credit search which is going to bite you in the backside? And trust me, I've been sat with people in years gone by yeah. and they've told me everything's absolutely perfect. And then a week later, I've gone back to them and said, you know that credit search when you said everything was going to be perfect? Can you just go into a little bit more detail about the bankruptcy last year, please? Oh. And they'll turn around and say, and this happened. I forgot about that. Sorry. They didn't. It's just that they didn't feel able. For whatever reason, I'm not being judgmental. No, no. They didn't feel able to share that with me. So I didn't regard that as necessarily being a negative yeah. because some people just might be embarrassed about it and don't want to talk about Makes it. Sense. And I get that. Yeah, yeah. I get that. But I'm not there to judge anybody. Well, no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of confidentiality in what you do because a lot of you can be, again, on social media, you can be given the big licks and you can be saying you're doing so well, but the truth comes down to numbers, doesn't it? It does. But with any business, though, with any business, you know, it's all about, there's a lot of smoke and mirrors out there in yep. business for all for understandable reasons. But I've learned over the years, invariably, what you're looking at isn't real. Yeah. What you see isn't real. And I've turned up at lots of houses, going to see company directors, beautiful houses, double fronted, nice gravel drives with a beamer on there, a Range Rover Sport, you know, um, shagpile carpets are that deep, yeah. Barking Stone House throughout, and everything looks wonderful. And then you start drilling into the detail, and it's not as it seems. That doesn't mean there isn't a solution. No, it just comes back really to what I said earlier on that the world revolves around credit, and yeah. a lot of people are living on tick yeah. all the time. Uh, and it's just understanding the, the true picture, and that is my job: is to go out and 
understand what the picture is and not be judgmental about yeah. it because you, as a business owner, want a solution for your business to do whatever it is that you want to do and afford you that lifestyle that we spoke about in the beginning. And I've got to then find yeah. the right solution for it. I think it. that's probably the, the best thing for business owners is to be able to look at themselves in the mirror and, and know that, like, my, I knew my, one of my weaknesses were finance yeah. until it, it, you know, it, it, where it sort of bit us in ass when one of the clients went bust and somebody didn't pay us and cash were king. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. So now I've made a point of trying to take a weakness and turn it to a strength. So now I, 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 when I actually saw you and you went through that sort of that cash flow forecast with me and you were so meticulous and I'm like, God, this is, this just seems ridiculous. And then I, I sat back and thought, no, it isn't ridiculous. This is what you should be doing. Like, it's so important. But yeah, but I've just that, completely overlooked but it. Put that, in, put that into, into my world when it comes to marketing. So I'm going to go on Facebook later on tonight. I'm going to post this video and it's going to be, yeah, da, 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 and press. And then I'm going to sit back and hope everything's all right. Yeah. And yeah. then every then it's going to ping every now and again, or as we all do, because everyone puts a post out there for a reason and they want engagement. Yeah, yeah. Every now and again, I'm going to be looking at it and saying, okay, what have a, what kind of engagement I've got yeah. on here? But there isn't really a strategy attached to that. No. I think about it and say, this is the message I want to get out there, and I'm going to put this message on Facebook. That one will go on LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, but whether it's working or not, I I don't really know. But. I don't know about the, the detail of what it is that you're supposed yeah. to do. So likewise, you know, never ever knock yourself for not knowing your, your numbers. You just didn't know them. Yeah, yeah. Just like I didn't know, you know, how to, I'll come back to it again, and I'll use it as an analogy because it's, it's a non-business analogy. I'll come back to my grandkids at the weekend. I didn't know how they communicated. I've learned how they communicate yeah. now. And Snapchat is how they communicated. Yeah. And the engagement is has been phenomenal over the past two or three days. Yeah. Now, it wasn't that the engagement was poor beforehand. No. It's just miles better now. Yeah, yeah. Because we're using this thing called Snapchat, which changes voice and pictures <laughs> and crazy things like that. But they love it. Yeah. They love it. And they'll be on to the next thing. Same. This is same for like marketing in business. We'll be on to the next thing soon. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like Absolutely. Facebook's going to die out. LinkedIn's going to become Absolutely. king. LinkedIn will die out. Something else yeah. will come up. And this is the market, yeah. you know. And I've got a three-year-old granddaughter as well, Josh, that uh, well, she'll be four this year. And she's got one of these little kiddie iPad-y type things. And yep. most of it is just kind of, it's videos which are logged, which are loaded onto, but you can download other stuff. Yep. But I've seen her with uh, with my wife, her grandma, and, you know, sometimes on the phone and on her own thing. And they just, they just know. It's petrifying. They know. Volume. They know where everything is. And I'm thinking, you're... You're so dexterous for a, a, a three-and-a-half-year-old on this little tiny machine. And it's like, you know, granddad and grandma don't really know how to use half the things on here. Yeah. But you know it's like on board of that. She, so she'll, on YouTube, for example, she'll, on, on the iPad, she'll she'll pull it down and push it to the side. And I'm thinking, oh, that's how I learned how to do it. I didn't realise. They're watching all the time, aren't they? Yeah, they're learning, amazing. they're absorbing. It's, it's fantastic. I think, it, like, for me, so for, like, I grew up in the time where phones were becoming popular you know like when they started getting out the little knock so I, I would have from a time where I grew up knocking about on the street yeah. you know so I, I had that so it was like pre this technological evolution and I'm I'm now benefiting of growing up in a time where technology became so advanced so quickly you know when the phones went from little Nokias to then went to iPhone first iPhone and now we're on iPhone 10 and then same for like it would dial up on it. I remember dial up internet. Oh my God, I remember it, yeah. Yeah, so I, I remember dial, and I'm only 26, but I remember dial up internet. And now we've got super fast broadband with live streaming here. Yeah. None of this even existed. He phoned people, it was engaged, it was like, internet. Yeah, but exactly. And I, like, I remember that. So like my 
I don't, I don't, I, so this is why it's sort of a millennials podcast. I've seen like that, that growth, whereas your grandkids will not know any of that. You know, they will remember like, so you've seen both sides as well. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a weird one now. The kids growing up, they, they've, they're used to using iPads and they're used to using like, I, when I, first time I saw a two year old using an iPad, my brain melted. I was like, I cannot believe that kids can use an iPad. Like I, was, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I think as long as the world of social media and technology, you know, parents realise that you know, this isn't just an excuse for you to hand to your kids so you can just sit mm. down and watch TV yourself. You've yeah, got to still engage, you've got to read that. to them. Yeah. You know, you've, you've got to have that communication because each and every generation invariably rebels against its previous generation. Yeah. So in the 60s, for example, it was all about, you know, uh, it was, what was it called? Um, drugs and sex and all that hippie power and all what have you you know and that was totally against what was going on in the in, in the 50s and early yeah. 60s um my generation uh we were kind of more like a, a drinking type yeah generation where i look at you know the youth of today not really drinkers you know and i just go back and even 10 years ago if you're meeting a business customer so i'll meet you in so-and-so for a pint what yeah. do we say now i'll meet you for a coffee so everyone always does things a little bit differently. Yeah, pubs were a re- uh, pubs were a reference point for like where do you live? Oh, we live by Blackpool. Yeah. Go down two streets. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and this is what it'll be like with kids. So I, I actually believe you know, it might not be my grandkids; it might be their kids. But there'll be, there'll come a stage whereby they'll be saying to their mum or their dad, "No, I don't want to buy this online. I actually want to go to the shop yeah, yeah. and buy it from the shop." Yeah. I just do think things have a way of, 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 of coming back round, but. That might not be in my lifetime, and but at the same time, we've got to recognise Google is here to stay. Google ain't disappearing, yeah. so it's embracing it for what I need to embrace it for. Yep. Getting the professional input from the people who understand it better than I do, yep. and saying this could actually work for you. And I think this applies to every business owner. You know, it's just different for different sectors, um, but making sure that I don't become too preoccupied with that like the the screen time i learned about i was horrified when i saw that how much time i was spending on it it's too yeah yeah and yeah it's scary when you look at screen time and then becoming sort of like if your business becomes too reliant on that you know like people that do run facebook ads if facebook just disappears overnight i know people that run facebook ads and that's all they do that's their living that's their living that's their agency a couple weeks ago facebook and whatsapp went down for 24 hours Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't even know it had gone down. No, well, that's a good thing. But if you're in a business on it yeah. and you, it's in the hands of the Facebook gods, yeah. you bollocks that, yeah. But, you know, technology is, is huge in the financial world now as well. So, you know, just go back five years ago. So most people, they would go to the bank. Let's, let's go back 10 years around the crash time, just before the crash. So people would always go to their bank. Yeah. People like me would be making a decision or passing it on to underwriters. Can we lend you the money for whatever solution it is that you're seeking? And it'd be a yay or a nay. Now that time between getting all the information to agreeing it and then getting the money out the door, let's just assume it's a simple cash flow loan where there's no legal issues attached to it in terms of taking any property as security where yep. you'd have to do conveyancing. That could take up to a month sometimes, if not longer, and still can. One of the great things, and, and I, I'm, I'm not dismissive about the crash because I know a lot of businesses were impacted and, and it was a terrible time and I was at the bank at that time as well. 
But one of the, the good things that did come out of it is the amount of choice that we as business owners now have in terms of finance because you've got a lot of fintech companies coming to the fore, a lot of alternative funders that got the money from different sources. It wasn't traditional banking yep. and a whole host of different solutions. You can go online now with certain funders, submit the, the information they've got on their portal, and I'm not kidding you, you could have the money in your bank account on the same day or within 24, 48 hours. Certainly within the space of a week. Yeah. Now that would have been absolutely unheard of. And I, I applaud that. I embrace it. Yeah. I think it's absolutely fantastic. The cautionary note I attach to that is because it's becoming a little bit too easy, the danger is that you customer, you customer over there, you could make the wrong choice because, oh, that's easy. Somebody wants to lend me the money. Yeah. And you're not looking at any T's and C's you're not understanding what would happen in the event of. You don't ask any questions around early repayment charges. You just want the money. Yeah. And that is, again, where I would come in as the broker and saying, yeah, you know, you can't, not all the funders I work with can be got online or you can approach direct. Yeah. But that isn't really the right solution for you. And here's why. It is petrified. How quick people can get money now is scary. I mean, a couple of yeah. years ago, I, I, I got some finance for a car. And I borrowed ten grand, I think, and I put I filled the application form out on a Sunday night at like six o'clock. By Monday lunchtime, there were ten grand in the bank. It's that is mental, like like that in my bank. Yeah, I couldn't I, I couldn't believe it, but I know people now that have took out massive massive loans, a couple of clicks buff, in the in the oh, bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that a sign of like things to come though? Like, is that not a sign of of I don't know, like if it's that if it's that easy, is it not going to cause could not cause some massive problems in the economy if people do start not paying it back? Like it's just a bit. Um, it's a great question because I st if you look at the, the the personal debt is not far away from the levels it was in two thousand and seven and two thousand and eight, and you know slight increase in the in the Bank of England base rate again is going to tipple a few people over the edge because they're just not going to be able to afford the repayments and I see it regularly when I'm sat down with people people are living right on that edge um, and if all of a sudden they run out of money and they can't pay it back well yeah funders are going to be in a bit of difficulty and there's there's there was one funder I won't mention them there was one funder that did a, they pulled out the cash flow market about 18 months ago they got hit with a lot of bad debt yeah um, and they just didn't have the reserves, nor did they have the investors that were prepared to invest in that type of uh, of lending anymore. So, and it was all about it had been so easy to get debt from them because it was a few clicks here and there yeah. that perhaps a full. I, I'm trying to speak as diplomatically as possible. Perhaps a full assessment hadn't been done because there's one thing getting an agreement. Yeah, we'll lend you that money, but there's another thing. Can I actually really? for to repay this and if you get funders pulling out the marketplace because of bad debt or they're restricting their appetite then yeah that potentially could have a huge impact on business because it comes back to the world revolves around credit yeah and if people can't get credit to grow their businesses 
therefore they'll, they'll just stand still. They won't invest. They may lay people off. So potentially, yeah. But I'm, a, you know, but I'm a huge believer in, you know, get the right people within your business. Work with the right people in all different fields, and actually, and keep a cash flow forecast as well, so you can see the peaks and troughs. You know what's coming. Yeah. You'll never be 100% accurate because it is a forecast. Yeah but it will help you determine what the peaks and troughs are. And if there's going to be a trough, because, shit, I've, I haven't won this piece of business, and you're going to have to take some kind of remedial action. But isn't it better to take the remedial action in advance of the shit hitting the fan yeah. than when the shit is likely to hit the fan? Yeah. Um, and that's all about business planning. So, therefore, a lot of funders out there, Josh, will say you're on top of your business. Yeah, we understand the circumstances have impacted upon you, but you're on top of your business because you know where you are. And you've got all this accounting software out there. There's no reason why you shouldn't know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Zero. you know, uh, QuickBooks. I mean, Bev Flanagan, doesn't she, talks a lot about... Um, yeah, QuickBooks, yeah. QuickBooks. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I know another um, accounting, I think there's got a wonderful brand, um, Not Just Numbers, based uh, on the Selby Road. Right. Uh, Not Just Numbers, wonderful outfit. And they will always say, well, you know, you, you should know where you are at any moment in time. There's no reason not to nowadays. No. But people don't. And there's a reason people don't. They're just choosing not to yeah, yeah. invest in it. But um, who knows what? Who knows where it's going to be going with, with, with the funding? You know, at the end of the day, you know, I think things... There'll always, be, there'll always be winners, and unfortunately there'll always be losers in business, won't there? Yeah. And in the economy. Yeah, uh, it's always you've got to be like smart. That. I think that's where this personal development is yeah. a massive part on on all aspects of business. And that's why I went on this journey is because for me, although it's it's almost like therapy, I absolutely love doing these podcasts. I love being able to just sit down with people, interesting people, and have a conversation where there's no distractions. We're not on phone. We haven't got emails to worry about. It's like therapy, but also for personal development to be able to sit with people like yourself and talk about something that I know nothing about and try to learn from it. That means the people that are listening are about to learn. Like, I absolutely love it. But I think at the same time, Joshua, you know, at the end of the day, we're all very, very similar. You know, we'll all be interested, not all of us, but we'll find the people that we, we get on with where there's common denominators. It doesn't matter what line of business we're in. You know, some of us will like football and we'll talk about football. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great, you know, subject matter to speak about you can get loads and loads of banter can't you you know some people will be into cars yeah. there'll be loads of people that are into music i'm into music in a big way yeah. and i could sit down you know i had a dialogue with andy baker not too long ago um you know, member of the EBA, yeah, yeah. and it was just an online banter about some some music bands he'd been to see bands i've been to see knowledge of smart homes who am i instinctively thinking of andy. exactly yeah 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 and it's all about forging those relationships and i'm a huge believer that there's very, very few people in life that most of us wouldn't be able to get on with or find something to connect us a little bit different. Yeah. How am I going to do it? Um, and it's a journey that I'm still on. It's a journey that I'm learning about. Yeah. I wouldn't have done this six months ago because I wouldn't have felt comfortable doing something like this six yeah. months ago because I would feel I'd have to be that professional person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 18 months ago, you probably wouldn't even have seen me in a pair of jeans and a, and a blazer, probably a little bit further back. I'd have been suited and booted. Yeah. Because that's how I operated. Yeah. Because that's how I'd been brought up. But the world has changed. It has, yeah. The world has changed. and It's so powerful. I mean, like, this for my business has been unbelievable. Like, this platform. And, you know, the audience isn't, even, isn't big at all for, for this specific, like, podcast specifically. But, like, one of the ladies that just tuned in there... Um, Lisa, she she works for um, 
Ook Audio, which is like, oh, yeah, yeah, they do yeah. um, music licensing. So they're a local company in Yorkshire and um, you can buy copyrighted music for your, for, for your vlogs, podcasts, whatever. You can go buy it from them. And she approached me after she'd seen the podcast, listened to me. So that, that, that whole journey that a potential customer or buyer is, that could have been on, she went through the whole thing without me even speaking to her. And then when I sat down with her in a, for a coffee, she was like, I feel like I know you. She was like, I've seen all your content online. I know what Get Your Media does. I know what you do. I know you work with. I know what you're about. And I didn't know anything yeah. about Lisa at this point. And I was like, that's fucking amazing. <laughs> well, again, I used to be, I, you know, you get people get too preoccupied. I don't know what the audience is, but there's lots of lurkers, aren't they? And then people watch things yeah, at yeah. a later date. Yeah. You never actually know. Um, and that somebody, uh, I, I often go to events and people go, oh, you're, you're Brian Snape, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. And I've got no idea who this person is. Oh, I, I like your branding. Yes, yeah, so that means you've already started this personal branding oh, journey. Okay, so where did you say that? And then, you know, but I didn't know who they were. Um, and I've had referrals passed to me uh, from people who I didn't even know who they were. Yeah, yeah. But I just know somebody that wants to talk to you. Is that what you do? And yeah, there'll always be occasions where I'll get introduced to people where I can't help them. Yeah, that's just life. That's just how it is. Or some one of my, or somebody who's introduced me didn't fully understand what it was that I did. And that that's just life. It will happen. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not unduly concerned about that because it's just part of the journey. At least you're coming to me. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm bothered about. You know. So therefore, even though I'm playing with it at the moment, I'm still doing something right because there's so many of my. I don't, I'll use the word competitor. I'm yeah. not a big one for the word yeah. competitor because I don't really regard myself as having any competition. That's why I'm quite happy to mention people like my ACOC. You know, I haven't yeah, got yeah. any issues with yeah. with stuff like that at all. But there's a lot of people out there that are doing diddly squid. They're doing jack all. They're not nothing at all. Yeah. You know, there's also a lot of people out there that are doing stuff, but are continuing to do it in the in the kind of confines of how. Finance is perceived yeah, and we should, it, should be doing yeah, it this way. Yes, yeah. that's how we're going to do it. Um, whereas, you know, to a certain extent, I just want to kind of start flipping it a bit. Yeah, break the mold, man. If you're not first, you're last. And that's that, yeah. that's it. Like, if you, if you can walk into a room and people know who you are before you've got there and you've got that little niche in the yeah. market and your personal branding's on point, yeah. it makes a hell of a difference. So you never know, there might be a Snapchat top tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I doubt it, but. Well, yeah. We've had a, f a couple of questions so, um, from John Partridge. Do you know him? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Brian, do you recommend invoice factoring for an SME with uh, 500 to a million turnover uh, or up the overdraft question? It's a great question, John. And um, a lot depends upon what mode you're in as a business. If you're in growth mode, an invoice finance facility will invariably be best for you because that will grow in line with your uh, revenue and your debtor book, i.e. the amount of people that, the amount of money that is owed to you. Yeah. Overdrafts will be set at a limit and they will be unsecured, i.e. nobody will want to charge over your house up to a limit of maybe 50,000. You might get 75, 80,000 tops, but beyond that, um, they're going to start wanting security, whereas with an invoice finance facility, the security, the asset that you're actually handing over to the provider is your debtor book, which sits on your balance sheet. I don't want to complicate it, but basically they, they will take ownership of the debt. 
a people who owe you money what you have invoiced out there's a lot of solutions out there john it's important that um that you explore the uh, the marketplace quality yeah you couldn't be further from the truth now it's a lot of high profile businesses are using it and invariably they're in growth mode yeah. eddie stobart are one of the most well-known names that have used invoice finance. Well, that answers your question, John. Uh, Craig Wilkinson has jumped on and he's put, uh, go on Josh Goodgen and Brian Snape with a little emoji. Oh, and yeah. he said that John Partridge is uh, one of his inner circle men- members. Yeah, I think he's, is he, um, he's a guy down south, isn't he down? Is he a landscaper? I have no idea. Sure I have no idea. Um, but they must be listening. There's, there's an inner circle group today, isn't there? There's obviously oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Beers is on it. Is there? Yeah. Um, and then... Debbie Binnersley has put, uh, looking forward to the top tip videos, Brian. Uh, I rarely look at my credit rating with the little ghost face emoji. <laughs> well, Debbie, I did email you earlier on about um, getting that one-to-one uh, fixed up. I'm going to be back after the Easter break, so we'll look at doing it then. But yeah, do please um, get your uh, credit file downloaded and have a look at it. And if there's any, anything on there that isn't right, take the appropriate action. Um and it's likely to be an address, could even, daft as it sounds, could even be a date of birth. But just, you're wise to download it and then yeah. check it regularly. Craig's just said that John's in Devon. So he must be the furthest uh, member. Yeah, there's yeah, one, in, no, one in Scotland I, and one in... No, I do. Yeah, he's, he's done some good videos, actually, is John, on, right. uh, on, on Facebook. I'll yeah. check it out. Um, yeah. Right, we'll wrap it up there. Fantastic. It's been a pleasure. Honestly, it's been good to no, have you. I've enjoyed it. It's uh, flown by hands. It's gone a lot quicker than I expected. An hour and ten minutes. An hour is and ten minutes. how long yeah. it is? You will have to come back in, though. I mean, like, this is a massive... A massive talking point it's what people need to get start being aware of yep. me personally as well like i've learned not quite the hardest way but i learned hard way um to get on top of my finances for the business um so i'm i'm well keen to keep learning from you well and likewise because we all want to be successful don't we yeah. and i know it's a, it's a it's a phrase which is often overused but it is the smes in the country that are the lifeblood of this country and you know we don't all have the budgets that a lot of the corporates have got Yep. But what, what we have got is we've got a network of great relationships where yep. we should be able to to pull on one another for input, for help, for uh, expertise, so on and so forth. I mean, not, and, you know, this week I just asked um, Beth Flanagan a question um, about some expenses, what was allowed and what wasn't allowed, because yep. I wanted to know. And I'm looking at accounts all the time, but I just didn't know this particular thing. And, you know, and it's always knowing that you've got somebody to go to. And I think... You know, the communities that we're all creating should serve us well for the future and hopefully we'll yeah. all be taking our businesses to where we want to take them. Yeah, the network. I mean, like, Craig's just popped up again and said, thanks, lads, with thumbs up. But I'm, I'm a massive advocate of the EBA. Um, I've said it before, like, even just just for networking and just for the information that gets passed on, it's worth every penny for that, that month. Oh, each, without each a doubt, yeah. Event. Without you a know, doubt, it's... Um, like, I've been a bit dubious with BNI in the past and, you know, I'm starting to see some return now, but... It's, uh, Everyone, every networking event has has its place. Uh, the EBA is fundamentally different yeah. to others that you go to, and um, you know I, I always enjoy. It. We had a great event on on Friday, yeah. uh, and it's they're all indelibly marked in my diary for the remainder of the year. So yeah, thanks Craig for for tuning in, um, and uh, yes, I've really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. No, thanks Thank for you. coming. Where can people find you if they want some more information? Well, I can be found, um, I've got my own Facebook page, uh, Mighty Oak Business Finance. Yep. Uh, if you just want to link in with me on LinkedIn, you can just find me under Brian Snape. Yep. The website is still under development yep. at this moment in time. We hope to get that out 
uh, within the next month or two. That's been an ongo- ongoing project. Yep. Um, and uh, my number, uh, I'll post on uh, as a link onto onto this. Little yeah, bit cool. Later. Yeah. Um, if you if both me and uh, me and Brian are going to be at an event this evening, it's live. So if you are listening. Oh, I, am I haven't anyway. got a pass out yet from the wife. I've still uh, got to get that. Uh, no, I'm that. only going to go down for an hour anyway. I'm yeah, supposed to be um, alcohol in, free tonight. In Morley at, I forgot what it's called. Uh, beer 30, it's Paul's place. Beer 30, yeah, Paul Beardsley's pub. Uh, business and uh, business and beer networking at Beer 30 in Leeds at 8 o'clock tonight. So 6 if, o'clock, isn't it? Uh, sorry, 6 o'clock. Sorry, yeah, I misread that. Yeah, six turn up at 8, we won't be there. Uh, 6 o'clock tonight. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's been a pleasure to have you on. No, thank, thank you, you. very much. Um, if you're listening on iTunes or YouTube, just hit subscribe, um, check out us other podcasts, and we'll catch you all in the next one. See you later. Cheers.